0: Speeding three, two,
1: one. She sits alone, an outcast, rejected by her peers. But what is her secret? Perhaps she's on the run. On the run? From herself. And go. I'm Phoebe.
2: Oh, cool, uh, I'm podcast. Why do people call you podcast? Oh, I call myself
3: podcast because of my podcast.
2: As you might have been able to tell from that opening clip, today's episode is all about the Ghostbusters universe. Everything from the reboot, to the animated series, to the latest Ghostbusters Afterlife. We are here with Stay Puffed Marshmallows, Crystal Skull Tequila, some Ghostbusters themed beer, a photon gun. We are ready to go. we,
3: We are fully equipped with our... Ghostbuster memorabilia. And Ghostbuster shirts. Yeah, Ghostbuster shirts. And apparently Ghostbuster shirts. This is yes, good
1: to although, everybody but Anthony. Anthony, uh, Anthony didn't I'm, get the uh, the. Anthony memo. wore a Dragon Ball Z I, shirt. I, I wore a Dragon Ball
3: <laughs> Z shirt because that's as close to Ghostbusters <laughs> as I get. Yeah.
2: So we are recording this episode now because uh, this is July. Because uh, we're way overdue. June 12th. <laughs> well, this is, today is June 12th, but June 8th was just... Ghostbusters Day. So much like Alien and Star Wars have kind of adopted uh, the release dates of their movies as like a day to celebrate. And of course, it's like May the 4th and stuff. That is the anniversary of the release of the first Ghostbusters movie. Nice. Yeah. So this past week, Sony, which doesn't have many properties. So they're trying to build franchises. Sony had Ghostbusters Day, where Jason Reitman, Ernie Hudson, and a bunch of people involved with the movies um, announced a bunch of different uh, projects. So at the end of this episode, when we talk about the future of the Ghostbusters universe, we're going to be talking about – two new movies, an animated TV series, and multiple video games, as well as a comic book series that's supposed oh, to be yeah. in canon. So yeah. there is a lot going on in the future of this episode. Let's start But before first. we get into that, <laughs> let's start with today's beer of the I'm, podcast.
1: Because yeah. I'm dying to know what marshmallow beer tastes like. That is like. correct. So we,
2: yeah. from a local brewery in New Jersey, which normally makes some great things, I do have to say. So oh, Fruited So Valero sour. Snort Brewery, they have something called... I Ain't Afraid of No Bulls. And uh, for those of you that... Uh, I just oh, love watching. the blatant copyright. Yes. For it it actually of you are watching, smells good. For those of you watching on video, and then we'll post some photos on our Instagram, the, um, the thing about Bolero Snort is that they put bulls... Um, on all their logos. So, like that is a logo. So on their beer, they will have uh, some sort of bull either like writing something or like doing something. This is a bull that looks like the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. I want to see what and color right it is. And right on it, it has I think I, I'm not going to inside the ghost Busty
3: It kind of that. looks like Ecto Cooler. Well, it I is a little so Ecto Cooler color. It looks
1: just like Ecto Cooler. Yeah, I think right? on purpose. Uh, that's why I want I, I was looking Ooh. I was looking inside the can oh. I'm like I think it's Ecto Cooler. Let's taste it. it
2: so it is a heavy fruited sour ale with tangerine mandarin orange and marshmallow oh shit it's
3: actually fucking delicious really really it's actually really it's actually good, really good. <laughs> <laughs> that is so surprising to me it is it's really like a, good
2: <laughs> it's a heavy beer you probably wouldn't want to have too many of these no i can have literally nice. one it's actually very good this is really nice so it's, well done
3: yeah it's very sour i really like that um it's definitely full-bodied oh yeah um yeah, it's really and it, but it's not overpowering. It's not too hoppy. It's it's quite tasty, actually.
2: Yeah. So this is uh, the first of two drinks of the podcast. Uh, I ain't afraid of no bulls from Bolero Snort. Just amazing. Can't recommend it enough. Just really nice. It's it's a very heavy beer, but it's but it's great. And the marshmallow taste. It's a little bit in the aftertaste. No, yeah not Yeah. Well, see, that's what yeah. scared me about it because I thought
1: yeah. the the marshmallow taste was in the it was. Prevalent in the descriptor, so I'm like, yeah. oh god, like really, like it's gonna be a sugary discussion. Yeah, but that's what I was. The marshmallow thinking. flavor is very, very understated, which is the right way to do it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's no, a, it's, it's a dessert beer. It's no, great.
3: it's and it's very fruity. Like the fruit yeah. side, actually, like the yeah, it's citrus very summery. side. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah, this is great. So yes, this is the perfect beer to be drinking as we talk about Ghostbusters. So, uh, let's, everything
3: Ghostbusters. So
2: let's start at the beginning, 1984. The original movie, directed by Ivan Reitman and written by Dan Aykroyd and Harold Ramos So I don't know if many people know that. And it was kind of based off of Dan Aykroyd's family history. His family has a history looking into the paranormal. Like like members of his family were like like early ghost hunters, if you will. So yeah. like he was he was pulling from like things that he remembered growing up. That's why like there is this like. Like the rules of this world are are based off of you know like this like nineteen fifties tradition of like what it meant like the Ouija boards and all that that's why um i think it it's it really works, but it's it's doesn't seem like it's built to be a franchise.
3: No, it was, no, it not was at built all. to be a one off movie. It was just movie. so funny. It was
1: meant to be one yeah. movie. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. then and then Hollywood did what Hollywood does like, oh my God, yeah. can we make more money off of this? Yeah. Uh, absolutely. And make let's, 17 let's, more of them, please. And then
3: let's slap the logo on just everything and sell
1: merchandise. <laughs> 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 well, see, that's, so that's one of my favorite parts about Ghostbusters is that by the time we, us, got yeah. around to it, it was primarily in the form of the animated show, the real yes, Ghostbusters. Right. But when you go back, just like we've we've talked about in a lot of different scenarios, when you go back and watch the actual movie, eh, not really for kids. No, uh, no, definitely not. I mean, like Dan Aykroyd gets a blowjob from, from a ghost. From like, a ghost, yes, yeah. <laughs> great. Like it's awesome in every conceivable way. But you're like, wait a minute. As a kid, you're like, why is the ghost zipping down his pants? Yeah.
3: Are you the gatekeeper? I am the keymaster. Yeah. And this is peak. Uh,
1: this is peak. Bill
2: Murray. Yeah. Basically oh, man. every line he says in this movie is sarcastic. At no point does he say something serious. They no. are literally no, fighting amazing. a ghost and save saving all of New York City from the end of the world. Yeah, it's amazing. And he can never be serious. It's <laughs> his character is amazing.
3: And he's he, he's like a psychic, right? Or like he goes on those like TV shows, right? Well, you're jumping
2: ahead to right. Ghostbusters Well, but two. isn't
3: he, does it not it the first one where he's got those two people that he's electrocuting? Or oh, no, the no. One?
2: He's doing
1: that like... That was conducting an experiment.
2: He's yeah. doing yeah. something yeah. that would get him arrested and fired
3: much <laughs> earlier from the university <laughs> yes. nowadays. What he is doing is he's... Trying is, to get laid. He is, yeah, he is, yeah, it yeah, shows like, it what a womanizer fake, he is. It is yeah. 100% a fake <laughs> experiment of like <laughs> The He's psychic and paranormal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What he is doing to
2: pick up young coeds. Yeah,
1: <laughs> which is why they don't they don't have jokes like that anymore. Because if you put a joke like that in a movie today, people would lose their minds. Oh yeah,
3: come on. Yeah, but Cancel he, him. Could,
1: he couldn't do it. It's such he a great yeah. And he keeps on shocking the other. So yeah, great.
3: and then like just saying that the woman gets everything right. Yeah. It's just, wow, you like, you are incredible. You are a legitimate <laughs> phenomenon.
2: <laughs> Which is a great line. Guys, that is to the you. best just, line. Just, just. And you know, this movie could have even been better. I don't know if you know this. As amazing as Ernie Hudson was, and I think Ernie Hudson, he brought something to the movie that Eddie Murphy wouldn't have. But that's right, Eddie Murphy was originally going to be that role. Yeah, right,
3: because it was all supposed to be the SNL crew. 100%. Now,
2: but I do think Ernie Hudson brought a lot to the movie because he is the straight man. Yes, yes. Because the other three are ridiculous. Right. And Ernie Hudson is is not only the outsider because he's just a regular dude who gets caught up in all this, but he also becomes the heart of the movie series. And That's something that when we get into Afterlife, you really see. Yeah. He really becomes the heart of the movie.
1: You're right. Eddie Murphy wouldn't have been the right choice for it because he would have been like – Eddie Murphy. Well, it would have like, been, yeah. it, it been too comical, like Eddie, yeah. like Ernie Hudson is one of the things that helps ground this movie in a yep. sense. Yeah, like I mean, it, as much as you can ground a movie about ghosts, like right. it is great. <laughs>
3: yeah, and definitely Rick Moranis is just an unsung hero in this movie. Yes. Like he's just so good. Um, with, like, just, every, like, being that nerdy, little, wormy, well, 1980s businessman. Well, like. let's
1: talk about, like, what a sad character he actually is in yes. retrospect, really, right? Really because, is. like, he, so he clearly, he clearly has, like, some money. He's living in those, you know, nice apartments. Yeah. He's got, like, a good, good job. You, he's you a, assume, he, right. he has a nice, uh, and a very attractive girlfriend. But,
2: a very attractive girlfriend. Wait, who, is he, that
3: said. his girlfriend?
2: she she gets mad at him for
1: not spending enough time with her at the party. Right. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but yeah but she also doesn't really want but so here's the thing about him I think I think though it, it always felt to me that that he, all of the people at that party, because there were a lot of people there, were all like hanger-ons, right? Like they didn't really care. No, they're all about his clients.
3: Yeah, they're his because clients because he's talking yeah. to all
1: them. That's right, he's they yeah. Are yeah. like clients. Like, yeah, oh, right.
2: I saved him on a deduction for his. Da-da-da-da. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. right. They so are his like, clients, and that and that's why. So he, it is. Sa- it is sad. Empathetic. And he, mm-hmm. he has no real friends. He even says that he um, that he invited his clients, not his real friends, so that he can write it off. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah. He, But does he have real friends? That's Probably my, not. No. Yeah, real friends. I love that. And yeah. that's, like, the whole point. He's so desperate to have friends. That's why he's, yeah. like, like he hangs on to the Ghostbusters, yeah. you know? And as we're jumping
2: around, I'll just, like, read off a brief description of the movie just because it will come in later. Because, oddly enough, as ridiculous as this series is, they do a really good job of, like, keeping consistent when it comes to who the villains are and, like, yeah. referencing back. So uh, what happens is that one of the first clients that the newly formed Ghostbusters have is Dana Barrett, who's played by um, – Sigourney Weaver. Sigourney Weaver. And yeah. she lives in an apartment building that was built built by Evo Shandor, who was never seen in the first movie. And he Correct. the leader the of first a Gozer worshiping cult. Gozer is um, a deity from um, Mesopotamia. Mm-hmm. And the idea is that uh, he wanted to build a building that could function as basically a supernatural antenna that would concentrate spiritual energy. Bringing forth the apocalypse. And so the idea is that um, th- there's at the very top of this like regular building that you see on, on the right on Central Park, there is a temple atop. Yep. And they use a spe- specific type of steel building of uh, the table, th- the table that it's on, and they have a little altar. And the gargoyles become possessed and they take over both uh, Dana Barris character and um, Rick Moranis. And it's. So it's such a simple storyline yeah you know it's like
1: but this is also one of the things that I think is particularly genius about the first Ghostbusters movie is at least like at least for me like the the storyline everything you just mentioned right. As cool as it is, it's like the least interesting part of the first movie. Because The first movie is like such a perfect comedy in terms of the comedic timing, the jokes, the interaction between the characters that like you don't even really necessarily care. I don't mean that in a bad way, like who they're fighting or why they're fighting them, because the jokes just land so perfectly every time that the rest of the story is almost irrelevant. And they set it up pretty
2: simply, like, you know, like they have the proton gun. They have yeah. a trap. Yeah. You're basically, like, are yeah. fishing for ghosts. Yeah, exactly. You know, like, they use this, like, and it's that perfect it's kind of... Unlicensed kind, nuclear <laughs> reactor. <Yeah. laughs> it's that perfect kind of sci-fi where, like, they they say some words that are that are real and some words that are fake, and they combine it in, and you're yes. just like, sure. Flux yeah. capacitor, baby. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, like, protons are a thing. Yeah. Can you have a gun that fires protons like a Sure, fish, why not? Rod? Sure, whatever.
1: Yeah. And the so, f- fact that they were always, like, so... Comically like the 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 weapons, the proton packs were just so comically huge and cumbersome and ridiculous, just lend to the absurdity of the whole thing. They didn't shoot in a straight line, you know, like it was just all of it. And they sound so good. And I love like one of the first times
2: they put it on, you know, in the first movie when they're at their first official call at that
1: hotel. In the elevator. And and the elevator and they flip it on and they
2: all back up as it goes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's
3: it's just that subtle comedy that, like, oh, it's so
2: great. Great, and uh, yeah, it's uh, the first movie is so solid, and then also has one of the best lines in, I think, film history. Ray, when someone asks you if you're a god, you say yes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, was, I was almost expecting. Uh, yeah, to go, where to go to the these sta- Where office? do these stairs go? They go up.
3: They go up. (laughs) (laughs) Or what was the one? Yes, Mayor, this man has no dick. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Everything was going fine until Dickless here shut off the reactor. Is Is that true? true? Yes, Mayor, this so man good. has no
2: dick. And then the other part of uh, fodder, if you will, that we're going to get into when we talk about the other entrance into this series is, of course, Stay Puffed Marshmallows, which yes. we have on hand here. If you're watching along on our YouTube page or you go to our Instagram, we'll have some photos of it. I went to Walmart uh, you know, shortly after the release of the movie and bought us some Stay Puffed Marshmallows. You and might ask why Walmart? They were a Walmart exclusive because Walmart is a setting in Ghostbusters Afterlife. And speaking Absolutely. of
1: Stay Puffed Marshmallows, I love the blatant copyright infringement on the Bolero Snort can. <laughs> Where Thank it's you like- for calling out friends of the podcast. Correct?
2: Yes, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just, fr- hey friends, not sponsors. Okay, yeah, <laughs>
3: pay for my podcast, Bolero Snort, then and we you won't be. call you out. For we won't your, call uh, out your shit for, for your blatant. Yeah. Cl- for copyright. your beer is delicious. <laughs> for, for your. Uh, for your bootleg, right. your bootleg, it bootleg your, character. It is, is a bootleg character. This is a bootleg character that Peter Pan made. That Sweet Pete made from
2: Chippendales. Fantastic. Yes. So then, get if you want to keep in the movie world, uh, the next live action entrance to the series is Ghostbusters Two in nineteen eighty nine. Yes. Yes. And yeah.
3: that is, I would say, just as good. I, I it's it's a little bit. It, it's different. Right. And I really like some of the underlying themes from it, where it was more like, hey, we really need to be more cognizant of the way that we're talking to each other or treating each other. Right. Right. That whole. But just there's again, they're in the mayor's office and that one line of dialogue that he has where he's like, (laughs) Being mean to people and treating people like dirt is every New Yorker's God-given right. <laughs> like, yeah. There is no truer statement than that. <laughs> yep,
1: and the the scene the scene where they're doing the uh, where they're first in the sewer and Venkman is trying to pose as the, you know, the con ed guy or whatever, yeah. when the real con ed guy shows. Oh, yeah. so and he's good. like, i got dirty men down there. <laughs> There's whole thing. It's what just, do you think all <laughs>
3: this is coming
2: from? Yeah. The sky? <laughs> oh, it's so good. Yeah. So it's like the original. It was directed by Ivan Reitman. And once again, written by Dan Aykroyd and Harold Ramis. It begins with a kind of ominous tagline five years later. Yeah. And it, Tells you how the Ghostbusters have virtually out of business. They've fallen on hard times. There's only two actual Ghostbusters left, right. Ray and Winston. Yep. and Winston. And they yeah. aren't busting ghosts. They are working as party clouds, if you will. They show up in <laughs> yep. uniform to like children's birthday parties yep. and just like don't really have a any type of like show and the fact just kind of yeah. there with like balloons. Well, don't and they, they dance fact? at one point? They, they're they're like, dancing yeah. <laughs> to their theme song, which is very meta. So, like the iconic theme song from the first movie, yeah. yes, which I'm gonna get into a little bit of movie trivia. Do you know how that movie song is connected to Back to the Future? No, that I mean, song is the reason why Huey Lewis and the News did the themes. And and did the whole soundtrack for the Back to the Future series. Because right before Back to the Future, there was the Ghostbusters movie. And Sony reached out to Huey Lewis to do uh, the theme song for it. And he said no. Okay. So they illegally took his song, I Want a New Drug, sped it up. <laughs> and they were sued and lost in court. Because Huey Lewis proved that they just took his song and sped it up. That's amazing. <laughs> so then, about a year or so later, when Back to the Future reached out to him to do his to do their music, he was like,
1: I don't want to go through all that again. I'll just do it. Yes, I'll just do yeah, <laughs> yeah, so fine. That's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Well, I love yeah, the, so I love the fact that that um, the only two remaining Ghostbusters, right, in Ghostbusters 2, were Ray and Winston because when you go and watch, eventually watch Ghostbusters Afterlife, yes. where it's sort of the reverse, where Egon was the one who was, like, gung-ho about yes. keeping things alive because he knew there was that threat and Ray had given up, and like, that, it just makes it so much cooler yeah. when you go back and watch that after watching Afterlife.
2: Yeah. yeah, and then Ray has like yeah, a side job, so. which is the Ray's occult bookstore,
3: so good. which, which yes. we'll yeah. reference
2: later too, because uh, right. there's some interesting theories when it comes to afterlife. Um, but yeah, so this one has a completely different um, villain, but once again, conveniently <laughs> deals with Dana Barrett. So what's yes. what's,
0: what's <laughs> it's the one weakness I would baby. say of Ghostbusters yeah. too is yeah. that
2: so in Ghostbusters one, she is playing for the Philharmonic. Mm-hmm. And in Ghostbusters two, she is working as an art re- um, restoration specialist. Right, like, yes. you know, like the type of people who would like clean off a painting for museum and something. Right. Yeah.
1: Two wildly different career paths. Yeah, <laughs> but, uh, but, that
2: both bring her directly into the s- yeah. crosshairs yeah. of a All ghost. the
1: supernatural stuff focuses around her. and You're just like, okay, really again? Yes. Like,
2: <laughs> basically, what happens is that a uh, Vigo the Carpathian, yeah,
1: the Carpathian,
3: who is yeah. a long yeah. dead. Yeah. Um, <laughs>
2: Like, real-world dictator yeah. basically is hiding his consciousness inside this painting, one of the paintings she's working on for restoration, mm-hmm. and he wants to use her baby in order to come back to life, into into the world. Only a carpet. And then in exchange yeah. for her baby that's going to be um, possessed, His um, his... henchman if you will is going to then apparently get data barrett as some sort of you know like love interest yeah and what's really crazy about that whole sequence is that they don't explain like what he's going to do. Like, then he's just a person. Does, well, yeah. will he superpowers? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It just seems like he's just going to possess this baby, and just by being alive,
1: he's going to take over the world. And the
3: conne- right, he and brings the- around the new like, and the connection via anger. Yeah, and, and the then-
1: connection with the slime was always like a little flimsy for me. Like,
3: well, because but- he's full of hate, right? And it's all yes. like the hate that is going to turn the world into you know. No, yeah. but
1: I'm saying it just like like visually speaking, it was just annoying because it's like you have the concept of him you know living in that painting like you said right and yeah. like he's possessing his little henchman from the painting but then there's like also this slime like it just there they they were two just completely different mediums for doing evil and it just like <laughs> yeah and
3: when when they first but again have, the jokes landed but <laughs> yeah when they first have that scene where they're testing the slime yes and it's they, play, they put it in uh, the toaster yeah, yeah they play
2: the they play uh, a song yeah, that, and because they realize that like the slime isn't necessarily evil, it just reacts to emotion. Right. So when they play the song Higher and Higher by Jack Wilson, right, you what you it starts dancing, it's happy. Yeah, right. Just like I don't know, maybe the Statue of Liberty would if it started yeah. hearing that song. Exactly. Yeah, exactly.
3: <laughs> Some of the gags were so small and so stupid. Like when Bill Murray puts his finger in the toaster and he's like freaking out, he's like, Ow, oh, ow, oh God, oh gotcha. Yeah, <laughs> his character is so
2: consistent because just like in the first one he never says anything serious yeah even never. when like in this movie the things that are going on he's saving the world for the second time yep a woman he clearly loves had a wo- had a baby with another man yep that baby is yeah. now threatened and he's trying to get back with this woman who he really loves as the world is ending at no point is he serious yeah like these are three things like the woman you love, this kid that you're, you know, like, that, 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 like, is this, like, real impediment, but also this, like, what if in your life that makes you question your life and, and, like, the end of the world. And he's just, like, joking the whole time. But I do want to get back to what you mentioned earlier. One of the things that, um, that they show at the beginning is where all the Ghostbusters ended up. So while Ray right. and, um, Ray and Winston are doing birthday parties, Peter Vankman. Is hosting World of the Psychic. Yes, World like, of the Psychic. Kind of like Destiny. a TV show. Right, that's right. And so one awesome. little thing that you only really notice upon rewatch is that he has on somebody who predicts that the world will end on New Year's Eve. Right. The movie ends on New Year's on Eve. New Year's Eve. Right. If the Ghostbusters hadn't have been successful against Vigo, yeah, the world could have ended. That. Yeah. Who you think is a whack job psychic would
1: have been right. Right, it's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, it's so great. Yeah. So it's, it's it's a nice little touch, and yeah, it's. And I love that one actor because I always remember him from that his one part in Seinfeld where mm-hmm. he's like that doucher guy that once. Oh be yeah, he's in a in very genre. famous character. Actor. Yeah, he's a famous yeah. character actor. Yeah, but he just he's always plays douchebags. <laughs> 'Cause he has that sleazy used car salesman he look. He really does
3: him. have that sleazy used car salesman God. look. Believe me, I would know. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: I love it. All right. Yeah. So that's that's Ghostbusters 2. The first two um just wildly successful movies. And then we'll get into it when we get into the fodder. You know, it, it, it inspires, you know, both the Ecto Cooler and the real Ghostbusters animated series. It really creates this whole like Little like at least for kids more, so it's like yeah. a mini cinematic universe, yep. and it's always had this um this real place in pop culture, and uh, there's always been attempts to make another movie. Uh, there was a Ghostbusters three script that actually ended up becoming a video game that we'll also mention in in the when we get to the fodder. but just sticking right. with the main movie series, you know. So 1989, you have Ghostbusters two, then you have a tremendous time jump, and then you get Ghostbusters Afterlife, which was released just this past year. Uh, and that was directed and co-written by Jason Reitman, yes, of uh, of Juno fame. So he he grew up on the set of Ghostbusters. He he was actually an extra in Ghostbusters the movie. Uh, he followed his dad around um, as, as he was making all types of movies, and he became a very successful filmmaker in his own right. And and then he just kind of continued in, in the family business, if you will, making Ghostbusters <laughs> Afterlife. Yeah. Afterlife was
1: such an awesome movie. Yeah, um, it was really cool. It the 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 way that it treated not just the continuity but also the real world death of Harold Ramis was so brilliantly done. Yeah. And it just, it was like, it was almost heartwarming to watch because you actually, like, throughout the entire movie, right, they do a lot of, you know, camera angle tricks to, yeah. you, you see a person and shadows and things that's supposed to be, you know, Harold Ramis, but it's obviously not because he's he's dead at this point, right? Yes. But then they, like, go all the way and you really almost, like, cry at the end in that final scene where, like, as a ghost, he shows up. And it's really powerful, not just because you see him, right, he's obviously a computer and they're, like, showing hell helping win the day, but it's kind of, really, in the terms of continuity, the first time you've seen, like, a truly good guy ghost, because the implication has always been that most of the ghosts are just inherently bad in one way or another. Not downright evil, but just, like, you know, at least slime are bad, like jackasses, right? Here's the first, like, true benevolent ghost who really seems to have retained all of his personality that he was in his living life. Like, it's a really interesting take on the whole lore of Ghostbusters. Yeah. And yeah. Th- getting back to how, like,
2: emotional it was and how well done it was, I really think part of that is that it was being done by Jason Reitman. Mm-hmm. So, oh, Ivan yeah, Reitman was yeah. still alive and he was a producer on it, but he actually died shortly after the movie was released. But luckily, he got to live and see the movie. That's what's so beautiful is that yeah. like, he really got to see his son not only succeed, but kind of continue on. But also, Jason Reitman knew the family of Harold Ramis. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to read a quote um, that I found uh, when he was doing interviews right when the movie was coming out. Um, Mm -hmm. He said that the first person that ever read the script was my father. And after my father, it was the Ramis family. Uh, Harold's widow, Erica, and daughter, Violet, who he grew up and he knew. He he met them both on the set back in 83. Because also, not only did Harold Ramis co-write the movie um, and star in it with Harold Ramis, he... I'm sorry with uh, with Ivan Reitman. Harold Ramis had worked with um Ivan Reitman multiple times, yeah. so it wasn't just like some random actor that it was that was in my dad's movie. It was like a long term collaborator with my dad's movie type of thing. and then, um they were also among the first people to actually see the movie too. like they were part of the process when they were in the editing room, like making the the credits and stuff. so it's it's I think part of the strength of the movie is that it's important to him, yeah, totally. And I will say. Oddly enough, the first thought I had walking out of that movie was anger that this is what Star Wars deserved. Yeah, right. Like the tone, the reverence, the wonderful mix of new and old characters. Like we're seeing so much of this these days where. You know, they, they, they refer to it as like these legacy properties where you know right. you have like the legacy movie, like the first couple movies, and you have like the original cast, but then they want to reference that while setting up a long-term new cast of younger people, normally, right? Which I'm all for, but so often they short shaft the older ones.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: This one, even though the original legacy characters basically were in it. At the end, in like glorified cameos, their tone and their presence was felt the whole movie. And like, also, the new people they introduced were really great. Like, going a completely different way with it, setting it in, um, in like basically like wheat fields out in the middle of the country, yeah, not having it be in the city, completely different look, having it be kids. It was great.
3: But it was, it was very heavy on the throwbacks to the first film, right? Like, yes. like the first film, like, it really. It made so many references to the first film. Yeah. It, it it was you know obviously uh, the same guy that had created the building in the yeah. first one. Yeah, because
2: right? the basic premise is that Evo Shandor, who we mm-hmm. mentioned earlier, he built that building along Central Park. Mm-hmm. The reason we're in this small town in the Midwest is that he got all of the materials to build the building—a very particular type of metal—from that mining town
1: that he built. Right. Right. So, you now, know, I mean, that was just cool continuity. Like that was just oh, it's so, so great. And the fact that, the fact that J.K. Simmons, when they resurrected e- Evo Shandor for like thirty seconds in that scene in like the cave or whatever, yeah. the fact that that part <laughs> was played by J.K. Simmons, like we're in the theater looking at it, we're like, what? Is that like a J.K. Simmons? Like what? They like immediately <laughs> dies. Like what? What the
2: hell was that? <laughs> It was such a great it was such a great and I also like this this uh, continuing like theme that they do in the reboot that we'll get to in just about every version of Ghostbusters, the idea that whoever is working with or trying to conjure up whatever the big baddie is, Vigo or goes or whatever it is, always is like a fool and always Always, gets taken advantage of. Like like so I just love that like he thinks, Oh, I've I've devoted my entire life to helping this deity come back to life and take over the Earth. And he is immediately just killed, like, unceremoniously. It was like, so great. Like, just, it like, was doesn't so care. Great.
3: Um, so, now, the interesting thing, and I was doing a little bit of research, but apparently Afterlife is not the first time that we see Evo Sandor. Ah. So, apparently, the first time that you see that character after they discuss him in Ghostbusters 1... Is actually a video game that came out in the more modern era.
2: Right. Yes. No. There. There is. There is a. It's actually really great. There is a video game uh, that is set in this world, and I'm jumping ahead a little bit. It's called Ghostbusters: A Video Game. It came out in 2009, and the script for the game um, was actually um, rewritten by Dan Or, Dan Aykroyd and Harold Ramis, just like the first two movies. Yep. And. Uh, It was based on concepts from an abandoned Ghostbusters 3. So it is set in 1991, even though it came out in 2009. Um, All four of the original actors, uh, the Ghostbusters, uh, lend their likeness and their voices to the game, um, including Annie Potts and Max von Sydow. And then Alyssa Milano is, like, the love interest in this one.
3: Oh, it's a PS4 game, too. Yeah, it's
2: really really fun because what you play as, you play as, like, a fifth Ghostbuster. Mm Mm-hmm. So it's that perfect conceit for a game where like, you have to learn how to use the proton pack and all that stuff. And you I just, just downloaded this game. Way. I need to play it. Oh, it's really great. You it's, did? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it's it's, it's it's legit. And we'll kind of get into um, some this. of the, the, the canon theories I have. And trying to staying with where we just were with Afterlife, I had to rewatch that movie for me to know whether or not Ghostbusters 2 – was canon to afterlife and I'm going to get into that with a couple different things. So first off,
1: wait before we do that, can we? Yeah, so about halfway so, w- through so while we episode, start getting into uh, while we
2: start getting into some of the um, some of the fodder here because we're going to talk about what is and isn't canon. Yeah, we have our second drink of the podcast, which is Crystal Head vodka. And if you don't know anything about Crystal Head vodka, we didn't just get it because it's a skeleton is really called Crystal and Head? And yeah. No, yes. oh, I thought it was Crystal Skull. No, no, it's Crystal Head vodka and that is Dan Aykroyd's brand. So Dan Aykroyd has a brand of vodka that, um, if you're watching on the video, is apparently hard to open, as Matthew is having some trouble to my right. But yeah, so that's going to be our second drink of the podcast. You have like a little knife
1: on your keychain. I
3: haven't had that for like a couple years. It got taken away in in WrestleMania. Two
1: bottle openers, but... All right, so... so, so, All right. There you go. Working on it. The vodka
2: is inside the bottle. Got it. So as our friend tries to open up this uh, vodka bottle, I will talk about how
1: it's like, sealed up for They're,
2: no reason like because, what well, vodka.
3: i mean it's vodka you know so and it's a crystal skull crystal head yeah, well it but it definitely looks like a skull yeah, or a head yeah, right i mean a head is made out of skull a head is <laughs> made out of professor anthony
1: marino a head is made out of skull guys
3: <laughs> so i will say <laughs> next time on world of psychics <laughs> <laughs>
2: so ghostbusters 2 has been confirmed to be canon by uh, the director, James. Okay. Ryman. Right. But there are little to no references of, of Ghostbusters 2 without the entire movie. So there's no Vigo references. There's no mention at all to any of the events of Ghostbusters 2. Right. And the only way you know uh, that it that Ghostbusters 2 could potentially be canon is that there is a scene where uh, Ray is called on the phone when Phoebe, right. who is um, Harold Ramis' character, Egon Spangler's daughter, is in jail. She calls Ray as her one call. You see Ray's occult bookstore. So that was only mentioned in the second movie. So that's how you know. Okay, the second movie might be canon. Also, one of the right. th- trinkets that you see in Spangler's lab after his death is the toaster. Right. But right. the reason I wanted to look into whether or not this movie was canon is that the timeline of Egon Spangler and his daughter, uh, Callie Spangler, played by Carrie Coon, who was brilliant in this movie. She was really great um the timeline doesn't work out so let's talk about it right so 1984 the original ghostbusters right and then they definitively say in the 1989 movie ghostbusters 2 that it's five years later five which years not later. only makes right. sense in the real world but they it's, say definitively yeah, five years five
3: later. years later so
2: the problem is they get into how old she could have been and and how she is like abandoned by her father so so the timeline
1: issue is,
3: is her that age does not make sense well right. she you she would have had to have been born so she was
2: born so in the, re- the like mid-2000s so th- no no, right? no 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 the
3: real life she's Car- only like 15.
2: no 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 we're, we're talking about his daughter not his granddaughter oh, so Carrie Coon right, his right, daughter right. Right. right so in real life Carrie Coon was born in 1981
3: right okay so before the first movie well before
2: the first yeah. movie there's no mention of him having a kid. All right, that's fine. He had out a wedlock wasn't a big part of his life. That's fine. Yeah, but yeah maybe go, it's
3: a sore subject. He doesn't. But, really but, but they to go talk out of it.
2: their way yeah, to bad. make make it seem like he was following her life the whole time, and that the reason he couldn't be a part of her life is that he had to go to the Midwest,
0: mm-hmm.
2: which is bullshit because he can't go out to the Midwest until at least nineteen eighty nine, oh, which means at that ahead. point she's well, like. Well, I mean, eight.
3: he could have and then come back. Maybe but that's why he he's comes living back he's New living York. a
2: full life in New York. It sounds to me like you're in 1989.
1: 1989. Do they Here's my question because I I don't remember from afterlife. Do they ever specifically say what year it is in afterlife because technically you could do, they do Okay. There is a
2: there, there is a giant um relief of stone inside the tomb where um where Shandor is and they and they list the different years where big events happen. That's another reason why you were not quite sure if um Ghostbusters 2 is canon is because they mentioned 1984 the year of the event.
1: The, the cup was not supposed to be for your beer. The cup was for your cocktail. Yeah,
3: that's okay. I'm drinking a beer out of it, and then you can put cocktail in it, too.
1: Yeah, what if uh...
2: But they mentioned I the event in 1984 call. in Ghostbusters 1, but they do not mention uh, the event in Ghostbusters 2 on that relief. They mentioned right. 2020. Right. So, yeah, they do they, they do specifically reference all these years. So it just it makes him a bit of a jackass. Because he had because he had no part of her life for basically ten years with no excuse.
3: Well, so let's talk about that because he kind of was a jackass. Yeah, Yeah, that's a big part part of the movie. Yeah, but at the end, but at the end, like Egon was always that brainy. I know more than you do. Mm -hmm. You know, like super. Like he was kind of a jackass. Like he wasn't like a nice person. But this
2: big emotional moment at the end of the movie almost tries to make you think that he wasn't one. Yeah, but he definitely was one. All right, so yeah, we have now poured our cocktail. So I'm actually gonna. I haven't.
1: Uh... I tasted the crystal skull or crystal head. It's crystal skull. Yeah, it it crystal, crystal skull. Crystal skull.
3: It's not Indiana Jones here. I took
1: a. I took just a little. I poured just a sip in my glass it's before nice. I. Uh, yeah, it's um, very. Well, too so Dan Aykroyd. Yeah, it right? is. It is. A, it is actually pretty yeah. tasty. I got a, a, all gimmicks of the literal fucking skull aside. It is quite tasty vodka.
3: Yeah, I think we are trying to uh, nice. Oh, it goes well too. Replicate yeah. ecto cooler in every single drink that we're having today. <laughs> Very orange yeah, heavy. <laughs> I just
1: put orange and pineapple in it, so, or orange and grapefruit. Yeah, be yeah which yeah. I'm
3: pretty sure is all that's all that ecto cooler yeah, is. Yeah, trying to make it ecto cooler. Anyway, be... Egon Spengler, terrible dad. Yeah, he was a terrible dad, terrible grandfather. He was a, only a semi decent friend. He was yeah. always like lording things over people and like acting holier than thou when you know he's. And then he was kind of a dick to Janine too, mm-hmm. who, yeah. you know? who
2: obviously loved him. Yeah, or had she, a thing yeah, for him. She had, a and big that's what's so And Seeing him. her in Afterlife was cool. Yeah, she, that was a great cameo. And then I will say, one aspect of this movie I didn't like, if I had any critique of it, is I don't like the trope of the sequel that's, like, a decade or more later where the main characters have, like, fallen out of touch. Like, yeah. you know, just like, oh, like, it's been a few years, so Han Solo isn't friends with Luke and Leia anymore, you right, know? Right, You know, oh, Harold, you know, Ramus's yeah. character
1: isn't friends it, with the other guys Because it monsters. definitely is a trope. It's almost yes. like... It's almost, you know, I'm not going to say that this is the case of it it in Afterlife because it's not. But it is kind of like a lazy writing technique. It is. Because then it's like, okay, now we're going to find a way to get them back together. It's like, why can't they just already be together? Like, what is the fucking problem? Yeah, why why? can't they just continue going? It's almost like they have to be forgotten. Like, I've been friends with you two fucking morons for like 25 years. Yeah, exactly. You know?
2: (laughs) 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 And then um, there were two credit scenes in this movie, which I love. Like, you know, yes. they, that, yeah. that's how you know they're really going for the franchise bit. So my favorite one is there's like a cute scene between Peter and Dana. So right. even though Peter Venkman has a, you know, a, a cameo at the end of the movie in Ghostbusters form, you don't see Sigourney Weaver's character, Dana Barrett at all throughout no. the movie. No. But she's only in a uh, a, a mid credit scene and in it they are both wearing wedding rings, which helps establish, okay, they are they are together. Yeah, they, it, they got it's married. definitely a scene that they're together as a couple. It's a cute kind of flirtatious thing. And what I like is it's kind of very meta getting into what we were talking about uh earlier. She is mad at him and like kinda like she's Giving him extra zaps for the bullshit he he pulled on the co-eds back when he was younger. <laughs> it's very meta. It's almost like it's almost like an in character in movie like the twenty twenty one people being like, "You were a jackass to do that." Yeah, yeah. definitely. It's great. It, it's because yeah. it, it like it doesn't like absolve what he did, but it's like a great way to just kind of like. You know, sc- scroll over that like like that weirdness that he did because like yeah, he probably should be extra zapped for being a jackass. Oh he yeah, was
3: a jackass. For
1: sure. Yeah. He was. It was so good. <laughs> yeah,
3: that was that was definitely a uh, a really great scene. Yeah. Um, the, I actually liked the other scene though. The Which next was a full on yeah. post credit. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. The full on post credit scene because it wasn't actually a post credit scene. It was actually a deleted scene from Correct. the first movie.
2: It's built off of a deleted scene from the first movie where. Egon was given a coin by Janine from the World's Fair for good luck, and it kind of more heavily implies a romantic connection between the two of them, which yep. Again, they mentioned yeah. throughout the movie. You, know, like you kind of see throughout the movie; she's kind of like you know asking him what do you do outside of work and all that stuff. She's, but he's just like so incapable of communicating, you know. Right, and then it 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 uses the coin as a t- starting off point to then. Uh, get into what Winston Zeddemore is doing right now, which is Zeddemore Industries. Like he is this like multimillionaire. He owns not only Ray's bookstore, like helping Ray out the occult bookshop. He still owns the old firehouse. And the the end of the movie is that was him the best. going to the old firehouse, and they actually filmed it. So the exterior of the firehouse is real. It's in New York City. Yeah, the interior of the firehouse is another firehouse in L.A. And they actually filmed that scene in the same interior of a firehouse in LA. That's awesome. Which is a nice little touch. That's
3: amazing. That's cool. That's a really good touch.
2: So, yeah, definitely implying, and we'll get into this when we get into the fodder, definitely implying there's going to be some sort of, like, uh, future. But, yeah, so that is, those are the main three movies. Yeah. And now we have to start getting into some of the fodder. So, the first piece of fodder we have to talk about is the other live-action movie. Ugh. (laughs) Which...
3: Uh, yeah. Which it brought back all of the it's original, so not good. all of the original you know what, actors, just, but not as their characters.
2: So that before we talk what? about the many mistakes what? they make, I think Anthony is trying to say this.
0: Ain't no
2: bitches gonna hunt no ghosts. <laughs> Ain't no bitches gonna hunt no ghosts. Yeah. So Ugh. I will have to say right off the bat, you hit it on the head. I actually love all the cast members in this. I yeah. Think the, I think independently, these four women are, are hilarious. I love Kate McKinnon. I literally, yeah. I think she's funny in the Verizon ads. <laughs> you know, I think yeah. she's great.
1: And to be fair, Kate McKinnon was probably the only bright spot of this. Oh, movie. she was she great. Was good yeah. in this yeah. movie. I, the rest of them were yeah. terrible. And. Uh,
2: yeah. You know like they they kind of switch the trope. i love that they make Chris Hemsworth like a man bimbo receptionist. <laughs> like yes. like like you can see how they're close to like nailing it. Yeah. But you're right off the bat, the biggest problem with this movie is that it's not connected. Yeah. to the original series. Yeah.
1: Even though they could easily connect
2: it cuz they have everybody back.
1: Um I disagree. The biggest problem with this movie is that it's not fucking funny.
2: It has its no. Moments. It doesn't. No. no, no it doesn't. I would say this that, movie I would is say the, the tone is, is that complete. You don't get invested in it because it's not connected. No. See, I completely
1: okay. disagree because I I was not like listen. I I I was one of the few people that I know, excluding you two, that was like totally on board with this movie happening, even though it had no connection to the thing. Because again, like you said, I find almost all these actresses to be generally hilarious in their own regards. Right. And Paul Feig also, or Feig, however you say his last name. Fieke. I was like, yeah. I was like, he could probably make a very funny yeah. movie. I did not give a shit that it was like, oh female Ghostbusters, blah, 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 who cares? Like, no. I gave this movie a chance. I went to go see it. It was just simply not funny. Yeah, the jokes it just wasn't so, but but good. here's why it wasn't funny though. It wasn't because the jokes themselves weren't funny. It was because the tone of the jokes, the tone of the entire movie was completely out of step for what that movie should have been. Like, you... The slapstick nature of the jokes did not mesh well at all with the sci-fi nature of the story. And there could have been more
2: sarcasm, like the yeah, there There could have been no sarcasm. There there was none of that like Vanekmanness. The
1: scene, the scene where they're fighting the ghost in the uh, at the metal concert was so unbelievably cringeworthy er from every element of it, like not from the fake metal band to the fake metal fans to the fact that they're just like blatantly like when you think about it from a more realistic perspective, they're shooting their proton packs. Into a crowd of people, and that scene where the the uh, ghoul was on top of leslie jones' shoulder yeah. and he had to like have sixty seconds of her being like stereotypical black woman humor like but it just was not funny at all yeah. the tone was so out of step with the rest of the movie again Kate McKinnon was pretty good but even her character annoyed the shit out of me because the again the character like the try hard nature yeah. with the goggles and the fingerless gloves it just yeah. didn't you know one of the reasons the first Ghostbuster character designs were so good is like you said Venkman is not serious at all throughout no. any of the movies no but he's just like a normal regular ass dude even though he's a little goofy and quirky like you don't need to dress these characters as cartoon characters to show that they're goofy and quirky but still smart like the whole tone of the movie was just completely fucking off yeah right. i
3: I would agree with that i I think that it it is almost like it had it had short guy syndrome like it had something it was it was insecure about who it was because people weren't. Really on board with it um, from the from the concept, and it was almost like they had such a chip on their shoulder that they they had something that they wanted to prove. So yeah. it was almost too in your face. It was almost too on the nose. And then even and that last, just, and it just didn't land. And I- it should have just tried to be itself and tried instead of trying to prove people wrong. No, just do something like be yeah. original, right? Like if you want to make a, a a remake of a a, a great property. Then make a remake, but no, just they, they don't connected. care. Yeah, they should have connected. It. It. Yeah. Yeah. Cause yeah. Cause they should have connected because they could have just connected.
1: been like, so, like it's not, especially if the same thing could have happened. Like
2: the same thing could have happened that Afterlife touches on. Like the Ghostbusters could have gone belly up or broken up. Yeah, and right. this new generation of scientists could have been inspired by them. Like how yeah. cool would have been, like if like you know. If, like, one of them had, like, a poster of the Ghostbusters on their on their wall and, like, they were inspired to study the paranormal because of the Ghostbusters. And, like, that's why they got into it. And then, like, you know, they, they just, like, built upon that technology and then, like, they had all four of the Ghostbusters. They could have come in for a cameo. The whole thing would have, like, would have bought the show more. Like, would have bought it more of, like, a connection. Also, yeah. it's that little thing I hate in filmmaking where, like, this was shot in Boston and it's clearly not New York.
3: There is one yeah. shot yeah, at clear. the end
2: when they're at the original firehouse. Yeah, but beyond that, the whole movie is in Boston, and yeah. like it's all in these little places that like don't look like New York. Like, yeah. like, like the like the grid is is wrong.
1: And Anthony know, like it's had more a really suburban. Anthony has yeah. a really good point about the movie not knowing what it's trying to be because right. when you think about the final fight scene too, I talked about the slapstick nature of the of the comedy. Yeah, and then all of a sudden the final fight scene like. Kristen Wiig is like doing side flips while shooting her proton pack. It was just <laughs> fucking ridiculous. But let me talk about the best thing to come out of this movie. The best thing to come out of this movie is that it takes place in the MCU.
3: Go ahead. Uh how so, Matt?
1: Because the well, to be clear, not not the 616 MCU, but the MCU multiverse as okay. defined in uh Spider-Man, far, I'm sorry, No Way Home. Well, because,
3: well or Doctor Strange. Well, primarily yeah. in No Way
1: Home yeah. because I don't know how to explain why. Um, so if there's a scene in that movie where there's a, news, there's a they're watching a news clip where they're talking about the ghost jumpers or blah, 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 right? The guy, the news anchor that is reporting on that story is very obviously the same news anchor that we see in all of the MCU movies. Yes. So he's one of the consistent parts of the movies. Now, when you go to his IMDb page, however, in the MCU movies, he's credited as Pat Kiernan. Okay? All right. But in the Ghostbusters 2016 movie, he is credited as New York One News anchor. Now, keep on scrolling down a little bit further to... 2014, The Amazing Spider-Man 2, he is also credited as New York One News anchor. So he wow. is just a multiverse version. So so specifically, the Ghostbusters... 2016 movie takes place in Andrew Garfield's Amazing Spider-Man universe, which is now part of the broader MCU. MCU. Wow. And this news anchor is essentially a news anchor in all versions of the multiverse, but in the MC- in the six one six, his name is Pat Kiernan, and in the rest of the movies he has, you know, no real name. So but he's the same fucking guy because he's always reporting in New York.
3: So is there a chance that we could see the female Ghostbusters versus Venom? No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although they're all Sony properties, yeah, that's what I mean. There are Sony
1: properties? Yeah, I would love to watch Venom just rip Melissa McCarthy in the half. That I love the hysterical.
2: I, I love the connection. Also, I'm going to play a clip here that will play um, and we'll add to um, the podcast as well. This is the post credit sequence, sequence of Ghostbusters. For those, oh. it's post credit sequence. Oh yes.
0: Baby.
2: So you see the original New York. Fire station. See them all all working.
3: Oh, because it crushes the ghost. No, it's for walnuts.
2: Leslie Jones is listening to something Mm -hmm. on a tape, white noise.
0: What is it? Did you
2: get something? Yeah, I heard something really weird. What's Zoom? There you go. Yeah. Yep. Which you know, what so they tie Zool? into the because they were so obviously the sequel that was never made because the movie wasn't successful would have right. been Zool, which would right. have been a proper remake. And but just getting back before we move on to our next piece of fodder here, one thing I did like about the storyline for this movie is that somebody is using technology to bring about the haunting. So yeah. whereas right. in the first couple movies they're just using like typical spirit incantation type stuff to bring about the haunting. This guy is causing problems by using technology to fake hauntings to get people's attention so that he can um, divert attention from him trying to bring through all these spirits through technology. So that was a nice little talk. And then the one thing beyond the MCU connection that I thought this movie did add that was great is rather than just having proton packs the weapons that Kate McKinnon's character came up with were that was wacky. Cool. There was, yeah. like, there were, like, the equivalent of, like, shotgun. There were, like, yeah. these, like, electro-type gloves. Yes. Yep. There were, like, all, all the different, like, weapons, but, like, based off that technology were, right. were a lot Which of Which irritated
1: me even more because it was, like, again, like I said, the last scene was a cool, entertaining scene, to yeah. be sure, but just totally out of step with the rest of the movie. Like, they should have just gone straight action hero with it or, like, right. kept it comedy the whole way through. Like- right.
3: Yeah, agreed.
1: All right, so... Definitively not canon, right?
3: Yeah, not connected. Not, how we know, no, not connected no, not to connected. the Ghostbusters universe, no, but but connected to the MCA. Yes.
2: Now we already touched briefly on the 2009 game, right. and I would say that is canon. You know, yeah. it has everybody back. It's the big thing is yep. written by Dan Aykroyd and Harold, yeah. uh Ramis. So so that is kind of and like it's in basically the storyline is that there is a. Um, in, in what makes a lot of sense in ninety one, just a few years after the event with uh, Gozer, there is at the Metropolitan Museum there is uh, an exhibit of Gozerian artifacts. Right. Obviously, shit goes down with the artifacts, and like they have to stop it. But it's a really it really makes sense because obviously after Gozer almost takes over New York, people would be interested in Gozer even though they never heard of him before. Exactly. Oh yeah. Who so yeah, yep, would have? A, yeah. Who wouldn't want to go to that museum? Yeah. So, so, so that's canon, I would say. Now we start getting into our fodder here, and the first bit of fodder that I want to get into is 1980s Caddyshack.
3: Oh, oh yeah! Oh. Now,
2: now you can find Bring it this, on. Okay, you can find this online. There is a deleted scene from oh, Ghostbusters, okay. starring... Um, Wait, Ar- there's a
3: deleted scene from the original Ghostbusters. From the original
2: Ghostbusters. Okay. And uh, well, I'm just going to hear you listen to it. And who do you think this guy is playing?
3: Okay, I don't
1: agree with
3: you on the U.S. decision to rebuild Nicaragua. But I disagree on the other thing. I think that a good karate guy is always going to top... A heavyweight boxer. No, no, no. You take any martial artist's black belt. I don't care how good he is, what degree. You put him in a ring with a power puncher like Chuck Wepner. Wepner would devastate him every time. Okay, I agree with that. But I think that Shanghai, Hong Kong, and Kowloon are going to be your three big terrible bargains this year. Run,
1: run! Get out of the way!
0: Ah!
3: Oh. Oh. Come on! Rush, rush, rush. I was rushing around all the time. only oh.
2: So that is a deleted <laughs> scene where it really seems like Bill Murray is playing a now down on his luck groundskeeper <laughs> who is living as a homeless man in New York, who gets pushed out of the way. So great as um, as Rick Moranis. Rick Moranis is trying to run yeah. away from the demon dog. <laughs> uh, so uh, you know, Caddyshack, Caddyshack. That's what happens to his character. So it's a deleted scene. So it's hard to make the argument that it's fully canon. There we go.
3: That's so awesome. It, wow. Now, so that reminds me a lot of, like, um, Coming to America and Trading Places. 100%. Right? Where you see the characters it, from uh, Trading Places oh, in yeah. Coming to America. Our
2: upcoming episode, I'm sure we'll eventually do the Duke Brothers cinematic universe, everyone. <laughs> oh, where we will discuss uh, everything Duke Brothers. But
0: yes. Now,
2: then we get into, uh, chronologically speaking, the next... Of fodder, which I'm not ashamed to say is the reason I got into Ghostbusters. I watched the movies as a kid, okay. But my real um, connection to them, primarily because all the toys that were released when you yes. were younger yeah. were based of off the cartoon, yes, not the movie. So that yes. gets into the real Ghostbusters. If you're watching along on our YouTube channel, you'll see we have uh, one of the DVDs, which will be available. At the NJ Free Blockbuster. The NJ Free Blockbuster already contains all of the Ghostbusters live action movies. We put them in there uh, celebrating the release of Ghostbusters Afterlife. And then today... Uh, we will be putting in the real Ghostbusters cartoon, Volume One. It has uh, it has about uh, a dozen uh, of the episodes. Really good stuff.
1: So let me tell you, I was watching this for the for the episode yeah. during research. Yeah. Um. Unlike a lot of other uh, a lot of other contemporaries of this show, mm-hmm. this show does not age well. Not no. even <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> like I could still watch uh, old Thundercats. You yeah. know, old He Man. This. Does not age. That well.
3: was made. Why, why do you say it's that? It's made for what, kids. It is made for kids. Where is it? The,
1: so it's so 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 you know how. Okay, so you know how it's and, and Ed, you can probably attest to this, right? It's very common for like so the animation has to be done before the voices are recorded, right? Yeah. and it's very common for there to be you know missteps sometimes rewrites things happen but generally sure. speaking the scripts are the same so many episodes here it just looks like the the and you don't usually notice when there's changes right yeah so many episodes and maybe it's just because it's like you're watching it on a high def I don't know but like the the voices and the mouth are just like so far yeah. off and the uh, animation is sh- the animation is really shitty to begin with
3: yeah okay. um, like like shittier than they most reuse things. cells you yeah can tell they oh, reuse yeah. action cells yes.
2: between episodes yeah Literally, it looks like, you're saying that fact, cartoon one of the episodes was only like, made
3: to sell action. It looks papers. like shitty rotoscoping. Yeah. Almost yeah. like yeah. one
2: of the episodes I watched today you can tell that when they're pulling into the firehouse, it's just them reversing them pulling out from the yes. previous take. Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> because, because you see the Ray Stans character get out yeah. awkwardly, and you're like, that's a weird way to get out of the car. That's because he's getting in the car. <laughs> yeah. And they're reversing it. Yeah, but, it was really bad. So, but this th- this cartoon does bring one great thing, which is High Seas Ecto Cooler. Yes. Now, one thing, 20s, one thing that the a lot of One thing that the twenty sixteen release of Ghostbusters had over Afterlife, probably the only thing, is that it had a full on Ecto Cooler release. I bought so much Ecto Cooler when that movie came out. Oh yeah. Now they released Ecto Cooler at like special screenings for Afterlife. Yep. But they had a full on. It was available in every store. Now Ecto Cooler was released in nineteen eighty nine, and. It remained on shelves with Slimer on the box through 1997. That's, I mean, that's a long time after the original movies. So that, that, that was a very popular drink. But generally, the real Ghostbusters is interesting because it comes in between the movies. Yep. So they don't, so they actually, after Ghostbusters 2 comes out, in a little bit of like, you know, a precursor to what we have as Star Wars now, you know, a little bit of synergy, they reference Vigo in season five of ghostbusters because oh. the second movie comes out so all of a sudden they have to m- reference Ge- vigo but they do go out of their way to try to do some continuity things first off if you are uh, if you look it up or if you're there watching were us on five seasons or seven <laughs> oh, short though short, the, ghost, yeah, yeah, short yeah, the the seasons. ghostbusters okay. here have not like 32 different seasons. colored costumes they have um a white a tan a dark brown and blue respectively And there's a flashback episode on this volume one that's available at NJ Free Blockbuster, Keyport, New Jersey at 3BR Distillery. (laughs) There's a flashback episode about how Slimer became kind of their pet. Yes. And the episode picks up right as they are returning to the firehouse covered in marshmallows at the end of the first movie. It's actually a nice little bit of synergy. That's that's really cool. And, it is, it is and, a cool And then they touch. have to put on their new uniforms, which are the cartoon colored uniforms. Right, right. And then uh, it talks about you know like how they meet Slimer. He escapes and like he helps him out. So they so like decide not to send him to. It's cool
1: because it's one of those yeah. things that like at the time it was sort of like meant to be canon, and then eventually over time just gets completely erased. Well, and, like, you know, yeah. and forgotten about. Because even I remember watching the the other uh, animated show, the Extreme Ghostbusters, which is a sequel and canon to that. Exactly. Yeah. But, like, not to the movies, though, which right. is, I, I I really like the Extreme Ghostbusters, I'll be honest. Yeah,
3: I actually liked um, Extreme Ghostbusters as well. I, I definitely remember it having quite a few toys of Extreme Ghostbusters, yeah. um, and only a very few. I think I only had one. I think I only yeah. had yeah. Ray Stans from- And it was, uh, like, super progressive the for the time, because,
1: like, one of the characters was in a wheelchair. Yeah. Yep. The other one, yeah. one the one character, of course, was black, and the one character was, like, the- Big titty goth girl, you know, like yeah, they had like cat they cat had like a whatever, female right? character, yeah. yeah, yeah. Everybody, it was, it was, but it was a cool cast though, they were and it had that nineties cool.
2: aesthetic. It was very heavily like yep. that, like yeah. mid
1: nineties aesthetic, aesthetic. Yep. and there, there was always that awkward sexual tension between the goth girl and the guy with the ponytail. I'm forgetting both their characters' <laughs> names r- right now, but like you always
3: like wanted them to bang, but like it was also a kids' cartoon show. Yeah, it meant to sell. I probably wasn't thinking of that in '97. I but totally sure. was. Yeah. <laughs> I totally hope he bangs. Uh, so. I definitely was thinking that in '97, dude. That the Extreme
1: Ghostbusters is one of the reasons why I love big titty goth girls because like that it was a, <laughs> yeah, it was a thing that was your was core memory the, yeah, core, the, the, X- core memory are great
2: and then uh i don't think many people know this uh the character of peter venkman is voiced by dave couye
3: yes of yeah that's family that's, of, i did of, i did know that and it's yeah, such a great full movie. house fame yeah. yeah. and full of house.
2: course yeah. arsenio hall voices winston zeddemore yep which is pretty cool. Oh.
1: And then one interesting thing about Which the- is even crazier why yeah. the show sucks so bad. Yeah.
2: Like, <laughs> what's interesting about the TV show too is that it, you know, just like any TV show does, you know, we're seeing that with Star Wars now is that it really expands the definition of the world. Mm-hmm. So they don't just go after ghosts. Just here alone in volume one, they go after trolls, the boogeyman, who literally uses the closets in kids' rooms as portals around the world yes. to feed off children's fear.
3: Yes, that's uh, pretty awesome.
2: There's a genie. And there's also a Sandman who's literally like putting the whole city to sleep. Right. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) So it's a lot of fun. And then, you know, like it continues on. uh, You know, the series is on from 86 to 91. But just like 90s cartoons did, you weren't quite sure it was done yet because it was always in reruns. Right. And it was so successful, especially the toys, that it came back in 97 and that was kind of it. Now, now that we're in 1997... We have our next bit of fodder, which I am going to say is one hundred percent canon. Also, what's interesting about it is that when it came out, you're not quite sure if it's canon. Okay. But I think it was canonized by Afterlife. Afterlife. And I'm going okay. To say that is Casper. Oh, Casper. that's scene Casper, yeah. Yes. Nineteen ninety-seven, one hundred percent. So the yes. bad guys yes, yes, in yes. Casper, they purchase a house. That is being haunted by Casper and his uncles, and they try a various um, hiring various people to clear the house out of ghosts before they eventually get Bill Pullman's character to be a ghost psychiatrist. Yep, and one of them is Doctor Raymond Stans. He is played <laughs> by Nan Aykroyd. <laughs> he says, who are you going to call someone else Somebody as he else. runs out? He is wearing a fully accurate costume yep. with a proton Yeah, pack. with a proton There is no question who he is. More importantly, you don't know when this movie came out where the Ghostbusters are. But right. thanks to Afterlife, yeah. you know that during the 90s, Ray tried to continue on without the others. Yep, Yep. But he didn't know what to do. Right. Right. And... You don't see him shoot his proton pack. And apparently Egon stole them, right? In, right. In, his proton pack doesn't even work. Yes. It's just a yeah. prop. So this yeah. is 100% canon. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. 100% canon. Definitely. There we go. Done. Yeah. Um, yeah. In
3: fact, it's so much to the fact that when we were first originally talking about doing this podcast years ago, mm-hmm. this scene was one of the reasons why I wanted to Part do this the podcast. Yeah. Because it like... This is such a like a crazy, wild, random scene that comes in and you're like, oh, wow, these are in the same universe. Yes. Right. And you just you, like for, for most people, they just would never think about it. They would never mm-hmm. realize it. And it's so little, but it means so much. Yes. Right. And like I, I just I always thought that this scene, even back like when I originally saw it, was fascinating and you can see he has a little bit of like a mustache like he looks a little bit older than he did in those movies right oh, so canon. like you can tell like he's not it's not the same ghostbusters and he really is just acting on his own and he's
2: sitting on he's hit on hard times and yeah. that's kind yeah. of like it's yeah. total it's totally canon and then before we move on to the the future of uh, ghostbusters i want to talk about my last bit of canon which is i have here um Ghostbusters
3: Crossing Over. Stolen. It has its Dewey Decimal on the back and stolen from the Dallas Public Library. Well,
2: it has the the proper...
1: Yeah, where did you get this? <laughs> I bought it off uh, Amazon, actually. Uh, Cle- clearly from yeah. a non-Amazon seller. Yeah. 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 So, so it is an IDW comic. This is so comics. great that it's stolen from the Dallas 100%. Public <laughs> <laughs> Library. I'm <sorry>. Dallas
3: Public <laughs> Library, we have your book. We will, we awesome. will return it. Uh, they Wait, uh, fees.
2: It's, it's Texas. They would have ended up banning it eventually. Anyway. Awesome. <laughs> That's um, probably true. So I will um, include a photo uh, from the beginning of this graphic novel on our Instagram page when we release the episode. So it is basically... What we wanted the multiverse of madness to be, it is the no way home of Ghostbusters, and this co- Yes, and what it is is, um, it combines all of these pieces of Ghostbusters, and it actually kind of solves the s- the solution is is the real Ghostbusters animated series is it canon or not? <laughs> According to this, it has to be a different dimension. So. What what they do is this is a crossover between all the different versions of the Ghostbusters. So, of course, you have the prime Ghostbusters, which are the ones from the movie whose story right. is being continued in this pre-existing IDW comic book series. Then what happens is that they have this crossover event that we see. There's the Chicago Ghostbusters, which exists in the same dimension. Basically, it's like a spinoff storyline that they've been doing in the comics beforehand. Then the other Ghostbusters you see are Dimension 80C, as they call it, which are... The full-on exact Ghostbusters from the 2016 movie. It's pretty cool. They come in. Okay, there's actually like there's actually a really cool sequence very early on in the comic book that actually they look like they're using TVA, and this is of course way beyond the TVA uh, appeared on Loki right. um, on TV. They use like TVA portals, and you see like the like 2016 oh, Ghostbusters like coming in coming to help in save, to the day. save the day. Okay. Yeah, because they've like been communicating with them, and then. Okay. Some of the other people you see are the real Ghostbusters from Dimension 68R, and that is full-on drawn-like with the same coloring of the real Ghostbusters, so they can't be the Prime Dimension. And then the other universe that you see is the Extreme Ghostbusters, and that's from Dimension 68E. And this is something Marvel's never got into. For some reason, in Marvel, the universes tend to be at the same timeline. Yes. These people are from the same dimension as the real Ghostbusters, but they're from their future. So the extreme Ghostbusters come in, including the uh, aforementioned Goth Girl that Matthew is such a fan <laughs> of. Yes. Yeah, but yes. So it's actually a really fun read. It's called Ghostbusters Crossing Over. It was fairly easy to find on Amazon, and you can find it on eBay. And it's it's really interesting. Like now that we're going to get into the future, like one of the things is that like will they ever reference or go to? the 2016 Ghostbusters movie? Never again.
3: No. This no. might be Not a fun way action. to do Not in live action, they won't. I would love to comic? see sure. something like that, like like <laughs> maybe coming off the back of our Rescue Rangers episode, uh, maybe something where you had the Toon characters yeah. in the same universe as the real life, like in-person yeah. characters, and it was something that happened in like... Yeah. You know, like the the Roger Rabbit. No, universe, I want to see. The, I couldn't. I do. I wouldn't want it. I want to see way. the
1: live action Ghostbusters. Well, I mean, they're they're old at this point, but like, I, I think how great would it be to see like Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd meet the real Ghostbusters animated counterparts in like Roger Rabbit style in a movie? That'd that would so be so great. <laughs> well,
2: you never know. We might get that. To would that. be amazing. So as as we uh, move into our final segment of this podcast, um, as we talked about in the beginning, uh, June eighth was Ghostbusters Day. And at Ghostbusters Day, um, they announced a hell of a lot of upcoming projects. So I'm just going to, as we talk about the future, we don't have to guess what our future is. Normally, at this point in the podcast, we talk about where we want to see it go next. I'm going to tell you exactly where it's going. <laughs> so here we go. First one is Ghostbusters Firehouse. That is the working title for a Ghostbusters Afterlife sequel. And uh, okay, uh, Jason Reitman it. described it as... The character of Winston Zeddemore and Zeddemore Industries figures strongly in the future of the Ghostbusters. So this seems to be building directly off of the post-credit sequence we talked about, yep. where it's Winston Zeddemore um, like rebuilding the Ghostbusters. And uh, Reitman has confirmed the original cast is uh, from Afterlife is going to return. So the kids, uh, Carrie Coon, um, uh, they're, they're all going to return. So th- they didn't say anything about whether or not the teacher character played by Paul Rudd, who was brilliant as always, yeah. They didn't say if he would return, but I would imagine he would. So, so definitely, so that is that that is like that is the core franchise moving forward, live action movie. Now, the second announced project that we know less about is there will be an animated Ghostbusters movie that will be released in theaters. Okay, awesome. Which is
3: connected, but we
2: don't know how to an animated Ghostbusters Netflix series. Oh, so interesting. so it's written like by Kevin how these, Smith. <laughs> it's interesting. To see how the, you know Netflix is there he'd be good,
3: he'd be good. <laughs> that would be awesome. I would be so in for a Kevin Smith I'm here directed for Ghostbusters animated series. I that's so I want it. Jokes. I want it so many dick jokes. So many fart jokes. That's what I want, man. That's I'm here for it. <laughs>
2: Yeah, because you know Netflix is desperate for content. You know, like they're what they're hemorrhaging subscribers. Yeah, and they something, don't something like that. And, and, yeah, because they're and they don't have the, overcosted right now. Because right.
3: they have Stranger Things, and that's pretty much like one of the only good things. That I have.
2: mean, this is and Sony doesn't have their own streaming service. Yeah. This is perfect for Netflix. Oh, they God. can get a franchise. Well, no, Sony's Sony's not going to make their own one. I think. Thank God. I think mean, yeah. mean, they're just going to go. I mean, they'll just make more and they go through Netflix. Yeah, so God. then, so yeah, so we have an animated show, animated movie, live action movie. We also have Ghostbusters: Spirits Unleashed. Which is okay. going to be a Ghostbusters video game set in that universe too. Okay, nice. And then we have Ghostbusters VR Academy, which is a Ghostbusters VR experience. It's going to be a fully immersive training simulator, as though you're like recently joined the Ghostbusters and you're going to shoot this proton gun. And uh, it'll be um, released in four hundred locations around the world. I said. Huh. So let me, and let it will come to like the Meta Quest and uh, PlayStation VR.
3: So uh, I'll touch on that. Um, years ago. I went to uh, Madame Tussauds in Mm -hmm. New York City, um, and there was an exhibit while I was there that was a virtual reality uh, Ghostbusters exhibit. That's awesome. It was really cool where you put on the virtual reality mask, but they had – it was more than just like – like you're in a virtual reality like you go through this whole room yeah. they have like you're walking out on a ledge and they have like a fan in your face so you feel the wind nice. on you and it's just this wild it was this wild ghostbusters experience and yeah. it was one of the coolest things that I've uh, like that I've done like I it was it was one of the reasons That's why awesome. <laughs> I went to Madame Tussauds it was really cool you got a proton pack you got the gun you're like Would you, you say it's canon? Uh, no. <laughs> Definitely not canon. Because it's like, it doesn't have any of the other Ghostbusters, like, really. It's yeah. just you're there fighting the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man, eventually. Like, you fight all these little ghosts, and then you fight the Stay so Puft be- Marshmallow Man. you become Man. the canon. That's how it yeah, that works. Yeah, you become <laughs> the canon. But that could be a really cool game. Like, I could see yeah. how that could be a lot of fun. The question that I have, okay, the question that I have is that we are on the verge of having the second half of Stranger Things come out. Yes. Will we see anything related to the Ghostbusters in the second half of Stranger Things?
2: Well, but, the Ghostbusters exist as a fictional property within the world because they dressed up like the Ghostbusters. Right, but will, it come,
3: will it come into <laughs> the real world? Like, will they actually get to use a proton pack?
1: No. Oh, you mean oh, like like a Stranger Things version of the proton pack? Yeah, exactly. Like, uh-huh. like
3: in the Stranger Things universe, I'm not sure. Like,
1: I'm not sure if these high school kids have the ability to create nuclear powered weapons. Well, uh, the same actors in both. The, they have superpowers. <laughs> they
3: have access to like secret agencies. Like, don't tell me that the Stranger Things do not have. They have done so many ridiculous, over the top things. Like, come on, come on. They could definitely create a proton pack.
2: Oh, and, and this reminds me of something I forgot to mention. Um, getting into this movie, movie bit that you were just kind of referencing, mm-hmm. there is
3: an episode
2: on Volume 1 of the Real Ghostbusters animated series, which will be available at the New Jersey Free Blockbuster. <laughs> NJ Free Blockbuster. In New Jersey.
3: At 3BR. There Distillery. is
2: an episode that takes place in Hollywood, and uh, the Ghostbusters visit the, visit the set of a movie based on their life. <laughs> oh, God. And somebody <laughs> shows them awesome. a call sheet, and they read off, Murray, Aykroyd, Ramus, Who are these guys? <laughs> so good. Further implying that the real Ghostbusters are not. Not the canon, real Ghostbusters. So they do remember. cross over. In yeah. Ghostbusters, Crossing <laughs> Over. So, you know, we got a lot of different know, Could that title be multiverse? any more ridiculous, by the way? No, I mean,
1: it's so on the nose.
2: Because, <laughs> I mean, they're crossing over universes. You can't cross the streams. You
3: can't cross you know, the streams. You know, it's so but great. Do they cross the streams in that book? See, they I should. I don't have... want to ruin it for you. Oh, okay. See, you know? they should have
2: But they do it... mention
1: crossing the streams, like multiple times. <laughs> <But> they, should, <laughs> they should have called the book Crossing Streams, as in Crossing Time Streams. Yeah. It's a little bit dirty. Yeah. I think this is mostly yeah. for kids. Uh, I bit. think <laughs> it's kind of like a Rorschach. I think
3: if you think it's dirty, you're probably dirty. Uh, It's a big miss. Challenge accepted. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so so
2: that is it, guys. Tell us what you think is canon, what isn't canon. We've kind of put together this, you know, we think that, like, to kind of recap here, the three live action movies are canon. Yeah. Uh, The reboot is part of a multiverse. The real Ghostbusters is part of a multiverse. Yep. Uh, The video game is canon. And then we'll have to see where it goes in the future. I'm curious to see if these animated movies and TV shows are going to be like Clone Wars style, like set in that world, or they're just going to be a continuation. And then, and then one final thing that pisses me off that I'm glad they never did. Do you remember the North Korea Sony hack? Oh yeah, of course. So you know how like there was going to be a 22 Jump Street crossover with Men, Men in Black? Black, yeah, yeah. Ghostbusters was going to be the next step. Oh, uh, that been... See, I would and like that,
3: Ghostbusters. And that, uh, yeah,
2: and that idea
3: in that universe in the still lives universe.
2: on. Now, this is something I have purchased, but we have yet to play, and we're gonna we're gonna play it for a live episode sometime. There is a Ghostbusters Men in Black game. It a is video a video game. It is a board game
3: that oh, we're gonna play in our upcoming episode.
2: Okay, and and we're gonna. It's called Men in Black Ghostbusters Extraterrestrial Invasion. Oh my um, God!
3: Look at the size of that. Oh, thing. it's a mass. It's, it's a massive, <laughs> massive game. Like it's very it's got complex. Miniatures? Oh, it's very. Oh complex. my God! It's got three D prints, dude. Yeah. I'm so in. So it has a firehouse. <laughs> it has like the the whole thing. So
2: so we're gonna play it. That's kind of like be our sequel to this episode. We're gonna play that. We're gonna see how it's canon. It yeah, and and we'll probably use that way. as like a jumping off point to get into the Men in Black universe. So so just uh,
3: Ghostbusters just, just in be, black.
2: And, you know, depending on how the game goes, we'll tell you whether or not we think Men in Black Ghostbusters would have been a good idea. Yeah, probably Sweet, not. Sweet. Let's but... do it. So <laughs> any more ideas, gentlemen, before we finish the episode? Nope.
3: Uh, uh, Casper and Stranger Things. What if Casper shows up in Stranger Things? Shut Th- up. <laughs> no, I'm just Shut
2: up. Jesus. <laughs> Casper steals the girl at the end. Yeah, right? Like, or he He's just, a good looking
3: dude, sh- He man. shows up to save the day. Devin Sawa, right? Yeah, dude. Casper just shows up to save the day, and then it legitimately connects Stranger Things with the Ghostbusters universe. I'm just going to unplug your microphone.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, on that (laughs) note, everybody, uh, my name is Ed. I'm Matt.
3: And I'm Anthony. And this is Is Cannon Cannon Fodder. Fodder. If there's
0: something strange... In your neighborhood, who you gonna call? If there's something weird, and it don't
1: look good, who you gonna call? That's right.